I, the conversation can't stop right here. It has to continue. And I have to be able to be vulnerable to allow the people that are in my space to speak. I need to be able to listen, to be able to hear them and see how can we all make an effective change? Because the change starts with us. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. It's so good to have you on here on the Decision Table D. I'm so excited. Where are you based right now? I'm in New York. You are in New York. I thought you might be. I've just got off a call from Zimbabwe, so I was over that area in the world, and my call after this is in Florida. So there we go. We're moving around today. It's why I needed a coffee because it's actually, and I'm based in Sydney, so it's like I started at a very early o'clock this morning, and it's a Saturday morning, so I really needed a bit of a coffee happening here. So, Oh, yes, um, you're ahead of me. Yeah, we're in the future. You got to catch up with us, girl. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> um, you know what I love about this table is that there is no judgment. There's no right or wrong to answers here. We are literally having just conversations. And for me, in the work that I'm doing right now, it's been really obvious that you know some things keep working. Some things we keep bringing with us as we go forward. Mm -hmm. And then there's some things that are probably a good thing to leave behind. And (laughs) one of the things with leadership that I've really found is that I believe there's this need for a new approach to leadership. And, you know, I'm kind of using that as a lens in which we can have conversation today around You know, part of that is not presuming that I know all the answers because, by the way, I have no idea most of the time. I'm really good at asking questions. And what I realized was when you ask questions, you can be curious to what those answers, you know, like are and you can go, what is it I'm taking on and what is it I'm leaving behind And how can I be a better leader because of this? So that's kind of what we do here. We just roll. We just kind of have, we don't even know where the conversation's going to go. That's the fun thing about it. But we're excited about it. And, you know, we've had some amazing conversations on here with so many different people. But I'm really looking forward to, like, finding out more about you, what you're seeing and how you think you know, we can be better leaders and more effective leaders in in what we're all doing across the world. So welcome to the table. Thanks for having me. One thing that I appreciate is that you're having the conversation, which Mm. is one thing that we need to have more of because the conversation is already happening, whether it's behind the closed doors or whether it's in their home, it's already being talked about. Now it's our job to bring it to the forefront that we can all get into the conversation and let's see how we can make things better because that's, that, that's how you make a difference. I won't know the viewpoint unless you bring it to the table. Mm, that's so, so I good, I love that. Mm. So how do we have more open conversations? Because you're right, there are conversations happening. There are definitely conversations happening. And that's the thing that I felt was, I felt that I was keeping it inside because I was able to have these conversations behind and closed doors. And I was like, but we need to be having these in the open. And I I have to say to you, the feedback from everyone that has been on here has been, I've never had a conversation like that over in the open. And I'm like, wow. this is, and these are leaders in their own sphere of influence. They're not having these open conversations. How do we do that? How do we have more conversations that are open? Especially when, by the way, there's a lot of judgment. What if I yes. say the wrong thing? Yes. What if I upset someone? I, I only truly want to respect you as a human being. So I don't want to say anything, but I'm okay to have conversations where I don't agree with you. Right? right. See, that's the thing. Am I afraid to have the conversation because I'm afraid to be wrong? Am I afraid to be judged? 
or am I afraid that maybe I'm just not right and I won't be, I'll be seen as I don't know everything. So see, as a leader, we have to be afraid, not afraid to say we don't know sometimes. Mm. We, I, I really don't know. The world is really changing right now. You know, it's so changing so much that we really don't know sometimes. So <laughs> it's okay to come to the table and say, you know what, I really don't know how to make my business better or how to improve as a leader. So let me go to someone that does know. It doesn't make you less of a leader. It actually makes you a better human being because you want to make a better contribute to the world because you want to make sure you are showing up your best self. How? By improving. It's okay to change. It's okay to say, today I am not at my best, but I know someone else that can. So let me reach out to someone and just ask for help. Yeah. I think it's good in theory, right? Like a lot of people go to me, man, you're gutsy to have conversations like this. And I go, I don't see it gutsy. I just, this is me. I'm just being real. I'm turning on a camera and I'm going live with it. That's all it is. It's not that I'm being any different behind the scenes to what I'm doing here on the thing. I'm just as confident behind the scenes of what I do and who I am because this is so, you know, you saw me before. I just rock up. I'm like, let's just go live. Like we we just get straight into these conversations. Like, and And I do that on purpose because I don't want to start putting my biases in place. I don't want to start putting my conditioning going, well, I might not be looking the right way. I might not sound the right way. I might not even go down the right rabbit hole. And that's kind of me because my brain thinks so busy and I'm so curious. I go down all these rabbit holes. So why would I do it different in front of the camera, right? Like... Welcome to me and my world. and But I'm confident to do that. I'm confident to stand in my truths. I know what I stand for. I know what my non-negotiables are. But I also know how to work within and out of many different cultures because of my work that I've done. So I'm very comfortable to work with many different cultures. I'm very comfortable to work with many different abilities from those that have extreme special needs to those that are absolutely capable, you know, world-class at maybe some amazing sport or so like it's extremes. And I think that what is happening is that there is the extreme widening. Uh And so for many, that's an uncomfortable place or an uncomfortable conversation when you're working or you've got extremes at the table. How do we come back a spot where we can connect on if we come from many different extremes? You know, let's say when you were in school, there was different people from maybe from different backgrounds, different religions, different faiths. You play with them as a child and you were okay. So, so true. What happened to you as an adult? What programming? What what shifted in your brain to make you think that now as an adult, you can't do the same thing? We can if we would just change the way we view things. Sometimes you have to go back to that innocence. You know, it's okay to look at that person because maybe they can help you. Maybe they have something that you need, but you won't know if you're looking at them like as a foreign object. You won't know what they know. You won't, you won't under you won't get the time to understand that person. So let's sit down, maybe just have coffee. You mm-hmm. can learn a lot about someone by just sitting down having a cup of coffee like you're doing right now. <laughs> you can. Let's just have a conversation. Let's really get to know one another. You know, pass the image. You know, who are you as a person? Oh, so true. Yes. And I think that's the thing that has been interesting, even just for me, consistently having daily conversations with different people on the decision table is seeing sides of people, honestly, that are just so human. And I've loved it. And I've connected with that because I go, that's actually the side that I love. And I wonder why in leadership, if we go back to that, why we have kind of become old style where 
you had to look away. You had you had to look sound a particular way. And if you did it this way, then you were you're going to be a great leader. And I think how do we get back to that connection side of it, the human side of leaders actually. There are times when you're struggling. There are times when you don't feel like getting your hair right or, you know, I felt like wearing a beanie today and I felt really comfortable. You know, and it's funny because I was talking to a client yesterday and they said, yeah, just be careful with your branding if you want to, you know, I loved it when you wore a jacket. And I go, yeah, that's because I felt comfortable to wear a jacket that day. And I said, I said, if you got me when I'm not in front of a camera, some days I wear caps, some days I wear um, beanies, other days I wear headpieces and, you know, other days I like it just down and and curled. Why would I do it different on there? But I do it different on there because the world says, okay, if you're a leader that has lots to say, then make sure you get that suit on. I lost, here's the thing, I lost a major contract. And it was because everything was in place. Everything was like this guy, he he worked with CEOs and like he would pretty much date them for two weeks, he would say, and like spend zillions of dollars for million dollar contracts. But he had an overflow and he said, what you do with them is way more than what I do. So they would get so much by working with you. He goes, but there's only one thing. And I go, what? He goes, you will need to put that, Pink, what I call the penguin suit on. In other words, I needed to look like a corporate chick and I go, ah, sorry, not going to work. How can I teach you to be who you are? Exactly. And strong as a leader. And that's often really different, by the way, than everyone else. Right. Especially if you want to pioneer a pathway ahead. Yes. And, and then I have to look like everyone else. That's exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. Pioneers are different. We think different. We move different. We're not afraid to take a challenge. We're not afraid. And so I, I love that that you were able to be comfortable in yourself. And no, no, that's not me. And not be swayed by the fact that it was a large contract or the person wanted you to do it. Because a lot of times as leaders, when we're not really comfortable in who we are, we mm-hmm. do sway because of society, we do move by what the, the norm says, but you are you. We need you to show up as you are because you were created with a special something inside. So that's the something that yeah, we I, I don't know what God was on when he was uh, you know, <laughs> curing me in a pot going, this is Jerry Marie. Yep, we need, oh, let's get that yeah. off the shelf, put that in there, sprinkle a little of this in there. Yeah. I don't know what it was on that day, but <laughs> yes, it's needed, it's needed, it's needed, it's needed to shock someone and say, listen, you can be your funny, quirky self because that's who the people will connect with, who you really are. Because when you show up different, the world can see it, even if you think they cannot. Have, you always, have you always felt comfortable being different? Like I am, I am different. I'm the kind of person that will dance in the street if I hear a good song. Oh, I love it! I love it. I am, you know. So when I deal with clients, I, I have to be myself, and generally they love it because I, I come with my heart and I come serve to serve, which a leader should be a servant. So I come to serve, and I think that's what they love. They love the fact that I'm coming as me. And when I come in a day that I'm not 100%, they know. Did you grow up in an environment that encouraged that? I'm always fascinated with people who are so confident at standing up and bringing their difference. I've had to learn it. It was not something I naturally was because actually I lived a lot of my younger years trying to conform to the environment I was in and be the perfect child. And it never worked, by the way. I didn't grow up like that. Well, my, I think my it was kind of split. My dad always told me, oh, just be yourself. My mother always, mother would say to conform. So I'm more so linked with my dad. My dad was a free spirit. And wow. he was so free that the community, my dad was disabled, and the, but he was such a strong leader in the community. And even though he was disabled, he had a heart for the community. The community would flock to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. him for his advice and his and his help and he was the one that actually mentored me you know and this is what he did and he didn't care you know the fact that he was disabled overweight that was not his kid his kid was how can I help you 
Oh, I love that. He adapted his method. Even though I might have had my ups and downs when I got married and went through depression and stuff, those things, but I had to refocus to know that as a leader, I know that sometimes that, you know, things are not the best. I need to go get home. And I did that. So I had to reset myself and know because now I can lead better. I can lead better when I'm able to reevaluate myself. And that's what I did. So I encourage everyone, you know, while we having these discussions and there's some really good conversations going on at the decision table, let's evaluate ourselves. Okay. The world is changing. Am I changing or am I staying the same? Yeah. So good. So good. So let's bring that back into we're at tables. A lot of the time, the table has looked the same, sounded the same, and those differences haven't been embraced. How do we change culture in that way? That is such a great question. And a lot of times it's hard because people are afraid of what they don't know. Yeah. We all sit into the table. Everything looks the same. So instead of us embracing the new, sometimes we will begin result to the old. Let somebody have enough courage, not be afraid to be different and be able to ask a question. You be the first one. Don't wait for the next person. You be the leader and you step up and you ask a question. What can we do different? What oh, I love that. Yeah. What worked? Uh, what has worked, but what can be better? Mm. Don't be afraid for change. I think I find leaders, they are so afraid to change that they think they may lose clients, they may lose business. No, sometimes you will improve it because you're not afraid to change, evolve. You're not afraid to add what's going on new into your business that suits your business. Fancy that. You might even enjoy the change. Yes. Yeah. I don't see that. Seriously, though, right? It's funny because a lot of people have gone, you know, and you're really addressing that around that, that there's this fear to change. And I go, I hear it a lot, even in a lot of leaders. And I go, what? There's a fear to change? I go, oh, my goodness. Think of the opportunity, the possibility, because now we can bring some change in here. Yes, yes. And you know what? It's exciting because now mm-hmm. you don't really know what you can even tolerate if you're not if you're not willing to try. Just try. It may not work, but let's just try. And does this come back to trying means that we might fail? Have you found that? Like maybe it's the fact that uh, leaders are freaking out that if I try something, I'm going to get it wrong, and then I'm going to get it wrong in front of people. So it goes back yeah. to that. Well, I'm not going to look the right. I'm not going to be. But that's why I think that, you know, the new approach to leadership, there's a whole lot around this of less about proven and less about this is the right way and more about an evolving leadership. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Because as a leader, we should be growing constantly, not standing still. So, yes, you may. How about you just show that you are human in front of your in front of your colleagues. Just show that you're human, okay? Because a human being, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to ask for questions. It's okay. So sometimes instead of us want to put on this, you know, like you said, the, the clown suit, the big suit, you know, nothing against no one else that wants to wear it, but if that's, you know, that's your thing. But instead of putting on the outside, you know, yeah. uh, image in front of the people, like we have it all great, why not just show them that you are, I'm human. Yeah. Like I sent out this message. It was on I was putting someone on LinkedIn and the guy made a statement and he said, someone else might have said to you, might have gotten upset or nasty because when I when I sent it out for some reason, it went with the uh, the incorrect name, right? When I when I sent it. So I said to the guy, I said, let me tell you this. I said, in a world that is constantly changing and that is is just so divided. You can choose to be rude and nasty and not be part of the solution, or you can choose to be nice and understand human error and be and, and be a part of the solution. Mm. Because you bring in some, you, you're able to say uh, you're able to correct it and then move on. Why are we dwelling in something that happened that you very well could have made the same mistake? It's human error. And as a human, we are always able to make a mistake. Hmm. 
So let's move on and let's get it done. It's so interesting what you're saying there because even when you say as human we're always able to make mistakes. See, when I made mistakes as a young girl growing up, there was huge consequences to that. So I became this person that was like a perfectionist and boy, did that hold me back. It wasn't that attractive anyway, by the way, because it was like nothing was ever right. Like I didn't look right. The project that I might work on was never right. And so then I wouldn't put it out because there's something wrong with that. I haven't quite figured that out. And then it would take so long, right? Mm -hmm. It held me back massively. But I realized perfectionist for me, that side of it came literally from the fear of failing. Yes. I spent a year and a half literally going, I'm embracing failure. Nice. I love that. Yeah, but I can tell you it wasn't comfortable my end. (laughs) I love that. Because you know what? When I was smaller, I didn't have those fears. I didn't adapt some of them until I got older. Interesting. So why the switch? That's the thing. What made, right, as a a child, I was fearless. But when I got older, I think it was, like you said, the fear of failure. Uh, not being good enough and showing up in the world different, you know, moving from moving in business, moving as being a, a white to now being a, a, an individual showing up a different, you know, or see that I failed in my marriage. Is anyone noticing, you know, what's going on? Mm. There were things going on in my own brain making me think, well, no one cared. No yeah. one thought about so, so as leaders, we are sometimes our worst enemies. That's so true. And I often talk with clients around this whole perceived fear. Is this a perceived fear yes. or is this a true reality? Yes. Do you know, I can say probably 95% of it is perceived fear. Yeah. You're calculating the result before it even happens. Don't do that. <laughs> So how do we stop doing that in a, in a new approach to leadership? How do we stop that? For me, this is what I did. What I did was I started letting people hold me accountable. You know, I, I mm. want to have a good community that's willing to call you in your mess. That's willing to call okay, you know, you, oh, you, good. you want to uh, produce a, a product or a service. Okay, so let's let's make sure that you, what is your time? What is your day? What are you going to do? Let's hold you accountable. Okay, mm-hmm. let's get people that are pushing you in the in the direction that you want to go and not holding you back and being and not being afraid to change your circle when you need to. Oh, that's a good one. But that's kind of painful it. too, right? It is, it is. But then that just tells me that we have to put people in our in the right category. And sometimes we put everyone in the same category. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't belong. Let's place people in the place they belong. Because if I'm putting you as my confidant and you're not ready for that space, then I am putting on terms on you that you're not ready for. So you're going to fail me. And then I'm going to go into my own spin cycle and Uh, think I don't have a team or I don't have. No, no, you're putting the wrong people in the wrong place as a leader. So if you really want to know what team to be in what place. That's so good. So good. I love that. Here's the other thing that I find interesting, right? We talk about that, putting the right people in the right place. And that might have worked for a time. And I think that this brings back to the conversation that, and you sort of, you know, have said some of this as well, of bringing back to the table that humanity is like first. We're humans. Because that's the one common ground that each one of us have at this table right now, right? Is that we are human first. I don't talk about diversity. I talk about distinctions because I think diversity brings division because it's like, well, you're so different to me. And I'm like, no, I've got distinctions. And yes, they are like my genius zone, my things that have either been developed within my DNA or my environment or my, you know, I've developed as I've grown older and I the skills and abilities that I bring to the table as well. They are distinctions, right? And I go, so great. So if we say that, yes, humans first, we bring our distinctions, it goes back to that conversation again before that we were we were talking about. It's not comfortable when you've got different distinctions at the table. Sure. We need to go here right now, I really think, is like, okay, we know there are racial talks across the globe. 
Exactly. We know this is an issue. And we also know we have to bring inclusion of many, right? How do we do that? How do we make sure we're not widening the gap? Because now we're saying, well, we need one of this and one of that. And is that going to be effective? I, I don't think it's she. I mean, I love inclusion. I love that. You know, I love that whole that whole space of it being, you know, being included. You know, but we have to make sure that we're not including to make sure that we fit a quota. But we're including because they this is what can complement us. Yeah, add value, right? Yeah. Add value. Not just to be included, just because they have they have to be included. I have to meet a quota. No, no, no. Let's make sure the person is qualified. They're adding value. There's a reason. What is the why behind what you're doing? Let's mm. analyze why we are doing what we're doing. I think that's all a part of the conversation. So first, ask yourself, why are you doing it? Oh, it's so good. So why I'm doing it and then how then, because we want to give voice, because maybe we don't even know, we haven't even created an awareness, right, that someone who brings way different distinctions to what I have at the table may need to be the next voice at that table. But if we don't even know about it, how do we, how do we close that gap? I think that is like a, a million dollar question that most companies would, would <laughs> want to ask that question like that and get a, a great answer. But I think it's different for every company, different for every person, because mm. you know, everyone will have their own way of running their company or running their own personal life. So now let's look at this individual. What attracted you to this person? What do your company need? Where do you need to go? Oh, so good. Let's evaluate the whole thing. And now when you get a, a clear scope of something, now you know what you need. I'm not just adding you because you fit the profile or you fit the look. Oh, good. Are you the whole scope of my business, the whole scope of my life, even as a friend, the whole scope of everything? Because I'm bringing my own self to the business. I'm going to make sure, you know, that I, I evaluate everything and make sure that you can come and compliment what I'm doing because a leader should really have people around that's smarter than them. Yeah, I so agree. So here's the thing. We've now got, okay, we've created this awareness. We've got these different people at the table. Now we don't know how to navigate a conversation like that. <laughs> oh my God. So, so everyone is standing there, looking at the wall, seeing at each mm. other. What should we talk about? Yeah. Or did you, that goes back to the evaluation. So when you went into the meeting, did you have an agenda? Uh, what did you want to talk about? Did you write anything down or did you throw it on someone else and expect them to start the conversation? No. As leaders, we have to use our voice mm-hmm. and we have to be, okay, let's look at the business. Let's look at it. And then don't be afraid to, to you know, you are an awesome coach, Kimberly. Don't be afraid to hire my sister. Don't be afraid to reach out to her and ask her, you know, what yeah. should I do? I don't know how to run a meeting. What should I do? I'm not sure with the new change, mm-hmm. what is the right questions to ask? What is the right question? I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm utilizing my time effectively. What is the right questions? And then yeah. ask, what are the tough questions? What are the questions that nobody is talking about in the open, but they're talking about around the water cooler? I don't know about you, but I think there was a time definitely where I found it hard to ask for help. Me it, wasn't my, it wasn't my natural go-to. Me either. My husband, he has no problem with that. Has never had a problem with that. I, I, I never. I thought it made me feel weak, so I didn't. I didn't want to ask for questions. Precisely. So, so what I had to do, it, what I did was, when I noticed that I was spinning my wheels, I was being uh, standing in the same space mm. for the last two months, last three months. I looked like I was doing some movement, but really, I didn't really get any momentum. I started to. Mm. When it sort of affected my health, but my decision, mm. my surrounding, not only my money, my business, my family, and my life choices, I knew I needed help. So when you evaluate your business, how about evaluating yourself? Evaluate yourself too to see 
and make sure what can I do different to make sure that I'm better than I was a minute ago or, or this morning. Yeah. Okay. So we've done that. And now we're still trying to navigate a conversation. But one of the things you said, and I think is always so important, is to give everyone a voice at the table. How do we do that more effectively? Well, I, I, I think to let everyone have a voice, just sometimes just go around the room and just ask people, is there anything you'd like to say? Yeah. I think that is so powerful. Like, it sounds so simple. It does. But I, I don't know about you. How many tables are you at where that actually happens? It doesn't. Yeah. But, but you know what? I did it to my children. Mm. We sat down and we had a conversation. And I learned so much. And we still, I'm still learning. We're, we're all still learning. And these are my children. Yeah. But each individual has something to say, and we need to be able to hear them. Hmm. Okay, so we're giving everyone a voice, but there's a thing that's not happening, and I'm not listening to that voice. I know I need to give you a voice. I need to ask you a question and say, hey, what are you thinking? But I don't really care what you're thinking. I just need to give you that space. And I think in the ne- the new approach of leadership, there are more leaders that actually are listening. I love that. I think listening is a great tool. I think, you know, to listen, you will learn a lot, you know. And then because these, you know, the people that we are around, you know, they have more to say than we think. Mm-hmm. They're just not bodies moving. They have a thought. They have a feeling. You know, so the people that we are serving, they have something that they can contribute. Mm-hmm. And it may make you a better leader if you would just listen. I love listening. I seriously do. Yeah. I I think there is so much to learn from listening. Yes. I think there's so much to learn from giving space to other people to have a voice. Yes. And we can go deeper because of it. We can. And actually, you can get to the root of problems rather than just thinking, assuming, predicting. Right. Working on your own things and going, well, I think this is the thing. Well, what if you just stop and listen Yeah. and get feedback? I've seen this a lot lately and, and I've been doing it big time with team around the whole feedback. I ran a couple of companies and one of the companies, the, the feedback wasn't being listened to. And and people were upset about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was an issue, a big one. Yeah. And so I created a, a meeting where the right people were in there. And the whole point of that meeting, if you wanted to know what the outcome, the why to it was, I wanted to give these team members a voice. Absolutely. To have a voice. And for the others that were involved in those decisions to actually listen. Because when they tried to do it before, they felt the team and members had felt they weren't being listened to. Yeah. I think we need to do things like that more often. I think we need to have these conversations that become facilitations really around giving and being more intentional in how we have those conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's the thing though. They're uncomfortable. They are. And see, that's the thing. When we come to the table to talk, we have to not be afraid to be vulnerable. Oh, don't be afraid to be vulnerable because that's how change is going to happen. Because someone had to speak up in the feedback meeting that you had to tell you that no one's listening to me. You know, we, we all hear, but no one's listening. So <laughs> we have to be able to listen. Feedback is a great thing. It's a great thing. It helps you mm. involve. It helps you grow. So let's get effective feedback, great feedback. Let's utilize it and let's put the ones that doesn't apply, put it where it needs to be and get the ones that are really, really good. And let's see how we can improve on those different feedback because it can only make you and your your company and your surroundings better because somebody is talking and now it will allow the team to feel they can talk to you. Let's talk more about let's talk more about that vulnerability because here's the thing. If we talk about more distinctions at the table, I think that opens that up even wider, right? That vulnerability sort of space. Because 
if I'm sharing something that's really important to me, it may not be so important to you. Right. How do we scale that or how do we now bring that into to the way we navigate that conversation? Because it's really important to you because you have seen the effect of that in maybe your environment, maybe the people you meet every day of your life. And so you're bringing that perspective to the table. And I'm not quite seeing that yet. You've, I've just been open to that. I didn't even know that even existed until you mentioned it and brought it to the table. How do we go, I'm listening, I'm hearing it, but I'm not really sure how that fits into the bigger picture of everything that we're doing. Well, see, that's that's good because every feedback doesn't have to be applied. It, it doesn't. And that's, that's such a good point. Yeah, I can listen to the feedback, you know, because I, I'm, I'm a good listener, you know, and a leader should, should listen. So I'm listening, I'm, I'm hearing you, I'm letting you know that I hear your opinion, I hear your concerns. But at this moment, it doesn't apply to where the business is going, to where we are going as a leadership. It doesn't apply. We're going to table that and put it on the side. Then maybe later on it will. That makes the person that they were heard and not left out. That that their opinion mattered, even though it did not come right now. So then that means they have mature people to the table mature people to the table where we're able to have a clear discussion. Like when I do leadership training and I do inclusion as well, you know, a lot of times that's a conversation that people are uh, afraid to even say, I I don't want to get feedback. I may get fired. Uh, They may not like what I'm going to say. I may, I may get a a backlash from it. I may be looked on as troublemaker, you know, so you need to have a comfortable environment where people can talk. Yeah, so good. And that's what I really think about the importance with this new approach is curating the right spaces. And part of that is a safe place for us to have these conversations. And the other thing that you said there that I think is so important, and you just nailed it in the way that you said it, was the feedback. I need to know that I've been listened to, even if it's not being put. So I always say, Every time I've heard something, okay, I've heard you. And I love the fact that you you brought into the, the piece there around I've heard you and it's not where the company. So it's not an emotional thing. It's not because you're a different color or a different gender or different whatever it is, right? Like it's not about that. Yeah. I've actually valued what you've said because I, yeah. I think there's some really good pointers that you brought in there, but it's not where we're needing to go right at the moment. Right. And I I always talk about now, next, later sort of concept. And the reason being, this is not a now thing. It right. may be a next thing or it could be a later thing, right. but it's not a now thing. And I think if we, we can have those conversations where we are feeding back and communicating that I've been heard, I've brought value, and it's just not fitting into the pathway right now. Right. And I think those conversations are so much easier and that's such a good framework for any of us to navigate through uncomfortable conversations. And and it's so valuable because it it, it values the person. Because if you don't value the person that's speaking while you're talking, it can shut that person down. And when they have a really good point that can help you, they may not speak up. Oh, you speak truth there. Okay, so the other thing that I think, so so many good things to the new approach. The other one that you've said, and I wanted to back 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 to, and that was being a servant leader. I remember when we said that, Tania in the comments said, love that, how can I help you reset yourself to lead better? And it's true. We need to have servant leadership within this new approach. Tell yeah. me more about that. Well, to, to, to serve as a leader, then that means you have to be able to sometimes put your title down. <laughs> Let your title be put down and you, maybe it's serving as having a company picnic and you serving everyone. Maybe it, that's so simple or maybe it is you Sorry. are going out to something simple and really they can start, they can do it tomorrow. They take out their team leadership and they buy them coffee. Something so simple to serve them, to let them know, okay, you are important. 
You are an important part of my company. I value you. You mean a great deal to us and we appreciate you. And then sometimes ask them, how can we serve you better? I ask my clients all the time, how can I serve you better? I even tell my clients to say, to ask, how can you serve the community better? How can you serve the world better? Just ask. They'll tell you. So good. I remember one of my team that I was working with in one of the companies, they said to me, hey, by the way, why did you, why do you keep bringing in personal stuff into the meeting? And I said, because here's a moment that I'll never forget. When I asked one of our team from the Philippines, you know, what was their win personally this week? And I'll never forget it. They said, oh, it was buying my bike for my daughter. And so then we had that conversation. So months later, I brought it into a conversation in a team meeting and I said, so how's that going with your daughter? How's she doing on her bike? And I can't press enough his comment behind the scene, which was, thank you for remembering that that was so important to me. And I thought, what if we can do that more with the way we build our culture, right? In, In anything that we're doing. And how can we just see people as humans first and just remember that just because it's not important to me doesn't make it less important for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that I, I, I had someone implement and see, a lot of times we forget the little simple things. Yes. Even that those little things don't matter. But to the person, they remember it like forever. Mm. It's a meeting. The meeting is already awkward. Right, because people don't most time they don't want to be there. What they're talk about? They're not. They're not for sure. Some of the meeting is going to go. So if it's someone's birthday, why don't you say, "Hey, everyone, it's Sue's birthday. How about we all tell her happy birthday?" That that sort of changes the scene and the atmosphere of the meeting, and it makes us all be able to just talk. Because now we feel like we're sitting around friends. That we feel like we're sitting around people that we've known for years. Even though you may have known them, but not in an intimate space. So little things like that will make them feel more comfortable. And it kind of mm. takes the room a little bit. Just simple things. Oh, hey, you, is that a, that's a nice blouse that uh, Jim has on. The color brings out his eyes. It's okay to give a compliment. Yeah. It's so okay. And there's, oh, I love that. And I, I think that comes back to that vulnerability piece as well, right? It feels vulnerable when you're going into personal, but I don't see personal and professional as separate. I see them very much yes. makes up the whole person that we are working with. And, and, and an example being with my company that, you know, a beautiful, beautiful friend of mine died. And because she was a huge part of what we do in Voice Advocacy Foundation, our whole team felt what, you know, some had met her and, and, you know, for my son, who's also on my team, he said it beautifully. She was like our Fijian mom. And so we spent time in our meeting, the first meeting after it had all happened and, and, you know, the funeral had been had, we spent that first little while just having our conversation and giving everyone a voice of what that meant for them. And, you know, we watched then because she's actually on our video for Voice Advocacy Foundation and we watched her interview that I did on there. And I was bawling my eyes out because that was the last time I get to have a conversation with her. And, you know, I needed to feel that and the team needed to realize that we will move on from this and we have, but this was an important part that affected all of us as a team. Yeah. And and I think when you can be vulnerable enough to bring that into your culture where we celebrate every little win. So I might have gone, oh, my gosh, I finally got D on the table. And we celebrate that as a team. And we cry together. We laugh together. Like, you know, we've had Michelle and Nikki all here on the decision table. Like, they are full of laughs on that conversation. Why? Because we know how to laugh. We know how to have fun together. Like, we know how to be stupid. And sometimes some of the team will bring me back in line and go, okay, focus, Kira Murray. It's time to focus. Get back on. I love it. I want to enjoy this journey. And I think leadership is a journey. 
And part of the new approach is that we're on this journey. We're on this journey together. And I I think that there's been a a huge thing where there's been a lot of isolation and there's all these islands trying to do these things. And now I'd really love to see us collaborate so much more. And we're so much stronger when we work together and not bring the division. And it's not you doing better over there or this person doing better over there. It's like, how can we come as humans connect And how can we bring those distinctions and now collaborate and bring change in a much bigger and better way, right? Yeah. Yeah. You said so many great things in that conversation. Um, Sorry for your loss. But you said culture, company culture. Mm -hmm. That's how to actually establish the company culture so that everyone knows the culture of the company. Then they won't be afraid to have the conversation because you won't this in the culture you already established it with your tribe that that you know I give a free space to say whatever you feel mm-hmm. that I can hear you you if you have a free space to cry when someone mourned you don't you don't have to hold it inside because it's going to hurt you in the long run so you have that space to be vulnerable the space mm-hmm. to laugh in the meeting you know that that we can be fun. I love that this time where I didn't laugh you know yeah. but now I enjoy life. My kids are like, oh my God, there she go. But I listen, the next time I love it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to laugh louder yeah. and smile more. Because why? This journey, this part of the journey, you want to make sure that you you living and you're giving it your all. You want to make sure that your message is is being in, in the history and it's just being written down. What are you leaving mm-hmm. for anyone to know about you? You can make history too with your message, with your voice, with your words. So let's know. Let's leave it here. Leave it all here. The that empty as they say. Just die empty. (laughs) Preach it, sister. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so by the way, if anyone wants to connect with you and learn more about what you do, what's the best way they can do that? They can go to Efficiency Consultants. They are my company. And it's ecconsults.com. You can go right there. And I would be more than happy to train your team, uh, shock you a little bit, get some laughter, help you with your company culture. You know, and my whole thing is I want to make sure that you're not only uh, your company culture is the way it needs to be, but let's make sure that you're hiring the right A-team. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to recruit them, I train them, I hire them, and I make sure that you're presenting your message that you can leave a mark on the world for the world to know that you were here. Ah, love that. That's so good. Ah, so many goodness. So many goodness. That was good English, wasn't it? Disclaimer, I'm dyslexic. For anyone that thought, oh, my goodness, she can't speak English. Well, you're right, I can't. I can't spell either for anyone. I'm so thankful for the days now that we get to use computers because spell check is a fantastic thing. Oh, you so, yes, you're right. English was not. I remember my English teacher very strongly saying to me, Kira Marie, whatever you do, don't you ever write. And I was like, okay. And he was right. I couldn't write. I couldn't write about Romeo and Juliet. What he wasn't right about was I couldn't write. I couldn't, I can write. I just write very differently. And I've had to learn different ways in which to do it. And I think that's something that we often forget is even if we don't have it right now, it might not be a, I can't do this later. It's Mm -hmm. just, Maybe I need to find out what is it that I need to do now right. to help me do this more effectively. So if we go back to some of the things that have come from our conversation today, you know, it's about having these conversations and how to navigate that in the uncomfortable conversations. Well, here's the thing, no matter where, maybe maybe a leader's at a space or a person who's listening is at a space where they're even just going well, I want to create more of awareness of of even knowing who to have at those tables. Or maybe they're at the stage where they're wanting to navigate or have those uncomfortable ones. The great thing that we've really established here is some of these things weren't natural for us. Some of these things weren't the way that we did it before or we've had to go through even in our own world some struggles to figure out how to 
turn up in the way that we know we need to turn up or or not even need to but like well sometimes it is need to like sometimes I've just got to turn up even if I think that this is going to be such an uncomfortable conversation because there's always ways in which you can connect as a human but a lot of the time it's about giving voice and listening and not coming with all the solutions exactly but being exactly. ready to exactly. to have places and, and go, I hear you, and this is where our company is going. So that's not fitting right yet, but that's not saying that we're not going to do this maybe later or that we've got to start thinking and use the lens in which you've brought a perspective to the table. I ask this at every decision table because I think that there's so much that we can, you know, like let's never just have a conversation and go, okay, that was a great conversation. I'm motivated. I'm excited. I'm inspired. I want to see change happen from conversations, right? And part of that is awareness and then it's our ownership. Like what are we going to take from this conversation? And so I want to ask you the question. We've had a great conversation here. I'm so, like, it's just been such a joy for me to be a part of this conversation. What are you going to take from our conversation today? I'm going to take from the conversation that to continue the conversation (laughs) because the conversation can't stop right here. It has to continue. And I have to be able to be vulnerable to allow the people that are in my space to speak. I need to be able to listen to be able to hear them and see how can we all make an effective change because the change starts with us. So now that we're having a conversation, everyone that comes on this conversation call, it cannot stop right after they get off. That's not where it ends. It's where it starts. So now how will I continue? What will I do after that? Sometimes Mm -hmm. we may take a minute to go and evaluate it. Okay, so let, let me go and let me hear the conversation is opening it up, being more vulnerable, helping the leaders make an effective change. Now, what will I do to contribute to that? It keeps going. It keeps mm-hmm. going. One thing that I did, two things I want to talk about, I want to touch on. You made a, a statement for later that you should not write. My, they told me that I should not write, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes I may talk too fast or that uh, I should just stop writing. But at a third grade, I won an award and she told me to stop writing and I did, right? I didn't pick it back up until it became therapy for me. And then I started writing again. Mm -hmm. I write for larger publications about leadership. But I didn't listen to what the lady told me. I heard her. It it affected me. And I said, now, how can I make things better? We're hearing this conversation today. Now that we're hearing it, we know that change needs to be done what will I do after it? Where did you find yourself in the conversation? What space did, in this whole conversation did you see? Okay, that she was talking to me right there. Okay, so now how will I change it? Or will I let it stay the same? Then the conversation doesn't become effective because you didn't change after it. Hmm. So good. So good. What did I get? What did I, I got so lost in your conversation. I was like, I didn't even think what I got from the conversation. I was like, oh, I'm listening. I'm listening. That's so good. What did I get from our conversation today? Oh, so many reminders, definitely. And just even, not, not just reminders, but I think there were two pieces that I, I love the perspective in which you brought to it. And that was the vulnerability and then the culture side. Like I'm all about leadership culture. I mean, that's my whole fascination on it all. How can we be more effective in that way and actually have the decision DNA in our, our culture that is actually going to give us the results that we want? So I think that vulnerability within that culture is like, how can I be more effective in the way that I'm building culture in that way? That even as I open up more conversations to the public, where we are having more open conversations, not those closed door that we talked about when you first came on. It's like, how do we bring that vulnerability and build that culture into those open conversations? Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I have the answer right now, but it's definitely something I'm going to be looking at more and going, how do we do that? And the other piece was feedback. How do we make sure that those open conversations that everyone feels heard 
and knows that next piece of yeah. where now that we've had this open and I've been vulnerable in front of the whole wide world, you know what I mean, like to the lives or whatever it is, right. how do I now feed back that and that and almost bring it back into that safety spot that, hey, that was just so good. There's so many things I've said from that. Or even though I don't agree with you, Dee, right. I want to say they were great points you brought up and I'm definitely going to be, you know, looking further into that, thinking about that, seeing how that now mm-hmm. do I shift on. Do you know what I mean? Like it's that yeah. feedback that I think is going to be so important as we open up more of these conversations and go down some some really deep and ingrained in a lot of systems and companies and, and you know, things that are the really uncomfortable conversations, but we've got to start having them as have. an open forum more. Exactly. Exactly. So that's Absolutely. what I'm going to take from it. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. It's okay to have the conversation. Dee, it is just, I want to thank you for coming on the decision table. What a joy it's been to have you, to hear your smartness that you bring to the table. I love the way that you think, the way that you've been able to literally execute any of the questions that I've asked you. Like some of the reason I've asked those is because you were so so good at being able to have that conversation sometimes with people you don't have such tricky conversation right Mm -hmm. but I love the way that you helped us to navigate such a really important conversation that I think the world needs to hear I think that as leaders this is part of us standing strong and and going we know there's problems we know there's issues within culture of how we're building our our cultures. We know that there are uncomfortable conversations. There's the need for more distinctions at the table and vulnerability. But with that comes how do we do that? What does that look like? And I think we have been able to have such beautiful conversations and you've been able to bring such droplets of wisdom to the table. So I want to really thank you for being here. The decision table, and you know, I'm looking forward to how build even more together because I think, uh, you know, there's having you on the decision table has meant that I've got to know you better and your thinking and um, just the the goodness that you bring to the table. So I'm looking forward to seeing how we can further our relationship to do bigger and better things as well because I think that's important as well, right? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for coming to the decision table. And anyone that is listening to this, by the way, this has been amazing golden droplets of wisdom. Make sure you're sharing it because this is how we create awareness is when we can share it across, you know, whoever is in your sphere of influence and beyond, right? Like that's how we keep the word sharing and openness. And Nikhil says, thank you, Dee. There you go. Um, So, Like this is important. This is important to get the word out, to create more awareness and then to have more of these conversations. So, Dee, what a pleasure. Such a pleasure having you on here. Pleasure to be here. I'm just so glad I was able to come. And thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. So if you were to give voice to something and our listeners to to remember that from our conversation today, is there something you haven't said yet, something you want to add? What would that be? I think the the thing that we kind of maybe drilled on is just talk. Just talk. Mm-hmm. Just just open up your mouth and just talk. You'll be surprised who will be willing to listen if you would just talk. By wow. my conversation. You're sending I, chills at me. When I when I started talking, my heart got healed because I started talking by just opening up. I thought no one wanted to hear what I had to say. Because I was I wanted to put on a, a certain Oh, I, I, no one can know that I got a divorce. So I, no one can know. No one can know that my business failed. No one can know. But when I had the conversation and I just opened up and talked to someone, my heart got healed. I came alive. So I would encourage you is to just talk. Hmm. I love that. And what a way to finish the decision table today. Just talk. Set that as your intention. For the next seven days, just talk. 
I wonder what conversations you might have. I wonder what, you know, things that you would find that you have in common with people that maybe you didn't know before. I wonder what, you know, new relationships you could build because you're willing to talk. Wow. I love that. And what a way to finish today on the decision table. Thank you, Dee. Thank you, listeners. And I'm going to end this broadcast. Dee, don't you go anywhere quite yet, though. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.